been a while I've not been here. Okay, this is my short story, why I've not been here. So something in my head was clicking and I was like, oh, why don't you put a face to your voice so you can just explore how it will work out on Facebook or work out on YouTube and things like that. So I decided to have the Think Talk on Facebook and Think Talk on YouTube. However, somebody told me that um, there's something unique about having a podcast because a podcast does not um, need for someone to have their eyes and their ears to what you're doing. They just need their ears, right? And I was like, ding, 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 ding. Yes, it makes sense. Yes. You don't have to be looking and listening and this and that. You just have to use your ears. So maybe you can be walking, doing some work on your computer and you have your podcast playing on your phone. So it's like a smooth sail. So now I think it makes sense to have a counter or a parallel, whatever, on Anchor, like we started. So welcome again, welcome again. So today I am going to be talking about um, love. <laughs> Bear with me, hold on. Yes, I'm not an expert in love, but I've been in love and I've fallen out of love and a lot of things happen in between so you know sometimes when you look back in retrospect you see where you got it right and where you got it wrong and if what you went through could make somebody have a better life why not share so bear with me just hold on don't log off okay so um if we say love and i'm not talking about agape love there are different types of love but i'm talking about emotional kind of love so when we say somebody loves somebody what we mean is that that person has a strong affection for that person that will include sexual desires so this love i'm talking about has to do with somebody that likes you so much that they don't exclude the fact that, uh, yeah, maybe it's not, it's not going to happen today. It's not going to happen tomorrow. But that desire is there to have sex someday. Okay? So that's the kind of love we are talking about. So I was um, watching this video that somebody sent to my WhatsApp. And there is this woman that I love so much. And I have to do more research on her. That says, um, one of the biggest decisions of every human being is the person that you marry she says it can make or mar you it can deter your progress or it can accelerate you to fulfill destiny and sometimes even go beyond but she is saying if you miss it in marriage eh? if you miss it in marriage it could be a damning experience for you in life you might not you know reach destiny you might not, um, you might not achieve what god actually has set out for you to achieve so a lot of people, and when I say a lot of people, I mean a lot of people. If you are not living under a rock in this country, you will know that what I'm saying is true. The amount of marriages that are breaking, it is almost scary. Like you will see somebody's pictures on Facebook like today and tomorrow like you ask, Oh, how are they doing? Oh, they're broken up. Oh, they're broken up. Oh, they're getting divorced. Oh, they're separated. Oh. It is just like a nightmare. And this being a wedding season, I don't want to bust anybody's bubble. But if you are in it, I am also of the strong conviction that even if love is not a part of the equation of the marriage, it can also work. Bear with me. 
bear with me it can also work so this is where what i mean um when we are in a relationship or we fall in love especially when we fall in love as teenagers or in our mid-20s early 20s mid-20s the things that we want out of life are different from when we are like in our mid-30s and going on 40. i believe human beings change i believe human their thinking metamorphosis you know some people uh maybe in their 20s they want a girl that looks good in their arms that can go clubbing with them, that can go, you know, places with them. But give that girl, uh, 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 um, you know, let that girl give you two babies and they will look like a pack of fufu somewhere. They will develop a stomach. They will be so busy. They will be so haggard. They can't keep their hair. So you will find out that what you fell in love with, what you felt that that was love for you, that was, uh, uh, um, that is this intense desire that you have for this person will fall on the wayside. Is it normal? Is it regular? I think it is. And the same applies for men. There are men you marry, maybe they are rich, they have everything, they give you everything. And something might happen along the line and they become broke in your heart. Maybe you will not want to say it because women, we can pretend. We can pretend because uh, I think society holds us to a higher standard that we should be the ones to keep it together. So we pretend. So if something of the sort happens, you might feel in your heart of heart that this is not what I fell in love with. I fell in love with a provider. I fell in love with somebody that can give me this, give me that. And now it's no longer happening. So if you get yourself to that place, how do you navigate such that you don't, you know, break the union? Especially when kids are involved. Especially when kids are involved. Now... I believe, um, I think also the laws of Sierra Leone believe that there are three things that should break a marriage, um, adultery, um, desertion, and cruelty, okay? So if somebody is not threatening to kill you, like to be cruel to you to the point that you're dying, if somebody is not mentally torturing you by committing adultery here and they're disrespecting you left, right, and center, if somebody does not desert you, meaning they don't care for you, they don't feed you, they don't want to know, they don't place some protection over you, if your issues are not bigger than the three things I've talk, talked about, I think you should also consider to keep your marriage, to keep your union, to keep whatever you have going on because you know what i've realized and this i realize in retrospect even if things are so bad especially in your 30s in your mid 30s going on 40 maybe until the age of 50 everything will look, look as if um, there is no salvaging but guess what somebody that i know we are so close she's over 50 and she's like ah after 50 nothing is big in your eyes you just sit down and enjoy life <laughs> it is so the way she cancels young people is that just hold on until you're 50 just hold on until you're 50 like if it's not killing you i'm not saying if you're dying leave um if somebody does not take care of you there's no marriage there eh? marriage is about loving taking care of somebody being there for the person living in the same place or having that you know intuition or um, intent that we are together because then if we consider a relationship that's in, in a distance, that could be a possibility. She says, even if there are so many stumbling blocks, oh, this person does not respect me, this person does not, this person does not, that. hold on. She says, when you're clocking 50, everything becomes clearer. Like your perspective to what life should be becomes bigger than 
what your spouse is doing. She says like there's a calm that comes with age 50. You're like, ah, it doesn't matter me, I don't care. <laughs> that was so funny. So anyways, these are like my pointers for you. If um, How do you know that somebody loves you? Of course, if somebody loves you, they, they, they should be able to like you. There's a difference between loving someone emotionally and liking them. Like, um, I like you to the point that I don't wish you anything negative. But I love you to the point that I want to kiss you, I want to be mushy with you, I want to hug you, I want like, to cuddle with you. You get? The person should, should like you, should look at you, they should like what they see. You get? So that is like my number one pointer. So if you are with somebody and they, they, they are only coming around you at night and they just want sex, they don't like you. Like they don't want to see you. Like if you tell the person like, uh, hey, kiss me or let's go somewhere. No, they don't want to go anywhere with you. They just want sex with you. They don't like you. They don't like the idea of people even seeing you with them. So for you to know that this person likes you and for you to make that decision, to make that person your life partner, be sure that they like you. I think that's the barest minimum. They should like you. Of course, if somebody likes you, it comes down again. Do they care? You know, I, I always say, um, as human beings, we have a, a, a humanly responsibility not to hate anybody. We don't have that right to just look at somebody and hate them. We, like, we should like everybody. But for you to marry somebody, the person should go beyond liking you by caring for you. So let's say they have not even um, come to say, I like you or I love you. I want us to be in a relationship. But they see you like struggling and they're like running to like help you. They see you like sad and they're like, hey, what's up? Are you okay? I see you mopping around. Those kind of things. Like they care. Because me, I have been in a situation or in an environment where I know the people don't hate me. But I will be sad for all. Like they will not ask me. Like they will not say, eh. This is not a regular you. What's going on? They will not ask me because they don't just care. You get? So for somebody to ask you to be in a relationship with you, men or, or women, that person should be able to care for you. Now, this is very tricky, especially for women, and it differs. I think men care for you at the inception, but women grow into it. I think all women wants to be like, okay, make her check her first, make her wait first, make her test her first. But if you groom them to liking you and loving you, ha, they will care for you until you like say, no, it's enough. <laughs> you get? So that's my number two point. I don't marry somebody that does not care for you, I beg. Hmm? And I think the most important things of all, if, the, if you finally fell in love with the person, I think the thing that you should look at, the one thing that you should pay attention to is what that person is willing to sacrifice for you. It's what that person is willing to sacrifice for you. I think that is, that's a big deal. Now, if you are married to somebody that is really rich and they buy you a car out of the comfort of their riches, that is not sacrifice. But if you ask them, they have like a, a meeting with some, with the guys. And you ask them like, oh, I'm really bored. I feel down. Can you come over? And they say, oh, yeah, I was going to hang with the boys. But I cannot I know that you're feeling bored and not be there for you. And then they ditch the boys and come to you. That is sacrifice. Sacrifice 
will be ultimately the thing that will keep your marriage. Anybody that just does things at the abundance of what they can give. And there is no... Do you remember the story in the Bible about the widow's might? And how um, God says he appreciated that gift. It's because it came from a place of sacrifice. Some people have too much. And they can give and they cannot even... They will not even blink an eye like... It's nothing. So when I hear people say, oh, eh, 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 don't do this for me, don't do that for me, don't do that. Try and see if there's some sacrifice to it. Some people will, if they have money, they will give to everybody and like they have, okay, I have five million remaining. Oh, there's not much to do. Okay, I think I sort out everything. Say, Babe, can you have one million? And you'll be like jumping all over the place. Ah, give me one million. There's no sacrifice attached to it. Guess what? The day that man cannot make excess of their expenditure, they will not think of you. Believe it or not. They will not think of you. So marry a man that can sacrifice for you. I think that is that is like paramount. Be, be skeptical, be keen, be everything, you know, to see that they can really, really, really sacrifice for you. Okay? Now... How to know that somebody does not like you? Eh? Like I said, they don't care. They don't care for you. That is number one pointer. If somebody just wants you for your body, they don't care for you. If somebody cannot sacrifice for you, like if you need them, they will give you 10,000 excuses why they cannot be there. If push comes to shove, you know they will not choose you. They will choose some other things. You get? That's not somebody that will sacrifice for you. So for me, that is major. That is something that you should look at keenly. Man or woman, look at that one keenly and make up your mind if there's something you want to do. Okay? However, the pointers I've made is for people that have not gone into it yet. For people that are in it already and it is boiling, it is, there's turmoil. If you can bear it, like my, like my mentor said, that oh, at age 50, everything will look small in your eyes. Hold on. Otherwise, these are my pointers or tips. Hmm? I believe um, we have been conditioned that uh, marriage should bring us some certain extent of happiness, should bring us some certain amount of fulfillment, which is very unrealistic. I know so. I know so. When I tell you, I know so. It is very, very unrealistic that your marriage will give you this kind of umph, this kind of feeling, this kind of fulfillment. Why? Because your spouse is also human. They themselves are not their best selves all the time. How do you expect them to make, to make you happy all the time? It's not possible. It's not humanly possible. Like me, even me, I irritate myself some mornings. Chocolates, if a man is near me, I will irritate you to the last. You get? Be yourself. You fuck up. You fuck up sometimes with yourself. Like you, ah, you, know, you look at yourself and you know that you did not do well. So how will somebody put the burden of their own happiness on you? It's not fair. It's not fair. So this is my thing. If you really, really, really want to be in a union for the long haul, don't base your happiness on your man. That is on your, on your woman. That is too much. Find something that anchors you and makes you happy. Now, the thing I'm about to say is very deep. The reason why we feel unhappy, the reason why we feel sad, the reason why we feel um, unwanted, all of those things 
are a distraction to the true fear of every human being. The true fear of every human being is mortality. Hmm? That's the true fear of anybody. So all of us are trying to distract ourselves with love, with um, connection, with being played with, with uh, having company. Why? Because we don't want to think about our lives like the, the, the spirituality, the externalities of life, the afterlife, you know, the deeper things of life. We don't want to think about them. But let me lead you into one secret. If you sort out your spirituality and you are like grounded in what mortality looks like and you have a faith that is unwavering, you will not be sad. Like if somebody does not play with you, eh, don't play with me. Like I can play with myself. But the, 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 the deeper part of your life is really, really happy. Why? Because you're not moved by... Uh, he does not play with me today. This da 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 da. There's a bigger burden in your mind that you have settled. You see why people are lonely? They are not lonely because they some some people thrive actually to be by themselves, but some people are lonely because they don't want to sit with their thoughts. They don't want to sit down and say, "Let me think about my life." They don't like that. Like that is too deep for them. But if you conquer the fear of being by yourself and being with your thoughts and making peace. With all those bad, bad thoughts that will come to your mind, you have won. Like nobody can shake you in your peace. Nobody, not the zero results. They cannot shake you. So don't base it on any human being. Base your own happiness on resolving the bigger issues of life. Have a relationship with God. Speak with Him. Like talk to, if you are bored, like put a chair down and say, God, see, don't talk. You get? Anyway, I'll be able to not point too much. Point number two, make clear what your deal breakers are. I feel most people go into relationships and they don't tell their spouse that if you do this, like it is done for me, you get? People don't tell their spouses. So like the spouse will do something and they'll be like, oh, I don't mean no say if I do this, it will hurt you. Sorry, babe. That's gone. And you go and do another thing again. I remember you told me that one you don't like it so i stopped doing it now i've done another one you did not tell me sorry babe now that will build up resentment in your life any human being that keeps forgiving one day will be tired of forgiving that so forgiving they will feel used they will feel um taken for granted all sorts of feelings why because we are humans so i believe strongly in my heart that of all of the things that you want to forgive your spouse about, there must be one thing that you, you know you're not willing to forgive them if they do it. So put them down. And even if you have to put it on a piece of pen and paper, say, sister, the day you do this, me, I'm done. The day you do this, it's an indication that you don't like me anymore. The day you do this, an indication that you don't care for me anymore. Brother, the day you do this, you get... So you know that even when they are doing all of the funny, funny things, those are things you can forgive. You know it in your heart. And both of you have the conversation that you can forgive it. So the day that person does that thing that you know you cannot forgive, they themselves, they will know that, ah, this one, I will not even go and apologize. I, I may stop. You get? So let's put it out there. These um, people don't know really what ticks us off forever. And sometimes we wait until the, the brink or the breaking point, and we say, oh, it's for this reason that I'm going to break off this relationship. 
but you never told me if I did this, you're not, you're not going, you're going to break up with me. So tell me beforehand. And if I like you enough, if I love you enough, I will not do it. You get? So my number three is um, having a life outside of your marriage. Marriage are hard. They are hard in the sense that they are, they are beautiful things. The love in marriage, the sweetness in marriage, it's not even, you cannot even explain it. But let me tell you also something. Has there ever been a time that your child, if you have a child, like your child comes to your woman and say, Gonado! <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> like you're just, you just want to be by yourself. You get? So the same is to with your spouse. Imagine you sleeping and waking up with the same person. Let's just say for even 90 days, non-stop. Believe me, they will get on your nerve. So I recommend it highly that you have a life outside of your marriage. If it is yoga class, go and join a yoga class. If it is a gym, go and join a gym. If it is a music class, go and take a music class. If it is a support group of women, if it is a church group, have somewhere that you go that you, you forget about being married like forget about your home forget about about you know the toilet seat is up forget about the socks on the floor forget about um um you know giving money for for the kids money for food forget about it and chill revitalize re-energize and come back come and face me again <laughs> come back to the war front but you'll find out that when you take time off me i recommend it to every man every woman eh in every three months, me as I am now, my mental health is so important to me. Eh? Every two months, I take time out. I go to a hotel in this free town. I go and lie down. Like, don't disturb me. Don't call me. I just go and lie down there. Exhale. Like, clear my head. What's my next move? What's my, my next best step? Eh? What is it that you want me to do, God? That's the way I move. And I recommend it for everybody. Otherwise... You will, you will, you will so be on edge that it will be so easy to tick you off. But go out, try to miss your spouse. Try to miss, like, go somewhere that the food is bad and be like, ah, I wish my wife was here. So when you come home and you're eating that meal, you feel happy, like you're just happy, like ah, my wife did it again. You get, go someplace that you just watch people behaving really bad and you be like, my husband will never behave like that. And when you come home, you just feel like kissing your husband. So have a life outside of your marriage. And lastly, the only way that marriage works is when you put your spouse number one. Eh, it's a like a broken record. But that is the only way marriage works. The day your wife or your husband feels like they are no longer number one in your life. That is the doorway of wala in your marriage i don't need to belabor on this point there is a reason why of all the relationship relationships in the bible mother and father mother um this and son blah 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 it is only marriage hmm? that's called really put laws in okay because they expect you to leave and cleave and when you say you have left and you have cleave make your wife number one relatives children workmates Work bodies, whatever the case may be, make your wife number one. Sometimes they might not be at the forefront of your life at all points. But whatever you are doing, let the consideration be there that there is somebody that is number one in my life. You might be among the boys. If you said you're coming home at 10, 
be sure to call your wife at 10 to say, oh, this, this meeting is going on so well as maybe I'll be an hour late. That shows that she's still number one. You are not just dragging yourself with the boys such that you're forgotten where you're coming from. The same applies to women. Make your husband number one. Make your spouse number one. That is the only way marriage works. The day a woman feels like she's number two or number three. Me, I've seen a man that is jealous of their own children. Like, oh, since you gave birth to these children, me, I'm number five in this house. They're not happy about it. Yes. And I think it's something that when people get married, you know that, especially women, oh, they just chill. Like, they feel like I've gotten the crown. Let me just chill. This man is anyhow these days. Especially women. We do that a lot. We get so comfortable. We get, we take everything for granted. Like that money that your husband will give you now, when they used to give it to you when your boyfriend and girlfriend, you will so appreciate your husband. Now when they give you, you'll be like, eh, it's your responsibility. I will not even say thank you. You get? So it does not work that way. There's this uh, um, kingship that men want. And even if uh, um, we try to fight for this equality, I'm a Christian. I live for Jesus. I tell you it's from the from the from the bowels of my heart that it is only in marriage that the man is the head. There is no two way to it. The man is the head. Eh? It is the one that they made a king hmm? that could have a queen. Period. I'm not going to belabor in that point. If you cannot make a king, don't feel that like they will make you a queen. Period. That is it. Okay? That is just how life is. The Bible says in Genesis that the woman's desire will be for a man. A man will live here eh? and they will do things. And they, they, they will do it. But every woman have that deep desire. It's a cause that God placed on us that our desire will be unto a man. So because our desire is unto a man, we always long for them to like us. If you want them to like you, my sister, make the man a king. Period. I'm done. So I'm not going to talk about it. So if you're in a marriage right now, I really wish you all of the best. So this is my the three things I want to leave with you. And these three things, my father-in-law told me these three things. She said, He said, he said there are three things in marriage. He said it's love, respect, and responsibility. He said at any one point in time, you should not lose, lose two of them. He says if um, there's turmoil and you lose love, like there's no affection, there's no, you know, hugging and kissing, but your spouse is respectful and responsible, keep the marriage. Let's say your, your spouse loses their job and they cannot be responsible anymore. He says, if they respect you and love you, keep the marriage. The only time you should walk away from a marriage is when you lose two out of these three. Because it will be too um, edgy for you to navigate. And I took that. He said that in the most careless way. Come here, you will talk. He said that in the most funny way. Like these three things, if you just think about them, and it's true. This love, 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 love. That's, it's, it's not possible that they will show you this love for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Not possible. Some days, the love will not be there. Or the affection that you perceive in your head will not be there. Hmm? Some days, money no go day. Some days, you will tick somebody off until they disrespect you. But think about it. If you still have these two in your relationship, please, eh? Work on it. Work on it until you are 50. When you are 50, my mentor told me everything will look small in your eyes. 
okay i hope this helps you thank you i love you